Welcome back to another episode of Who's on the Lord's Side. In the previous episode, I discussed black trauma porn, briefly the black boule, then a bunch of odd, strange, lucid dreaming that I was having, right? So since that time, my mind has just been going, it's been a lot going on. I'm always observing and the black boule is the matter, I guess, that's been or issue that's been on my heart the most. It's something I know about, always known about, visited and knew. But I'm going to admit to y'all, I, I know for a fact that even I um, have gotten suckered in by a lot of them. Um, because over the years, as I've known, but also it has been pushed to the the back of my mind, so to speak. I don't really think of it as much. And so if I'm not thinking of it or being aware of, of it as much... Certain things they're they're doing, I don't necessarily pay attention to so much as I'm paying to what uh, the ones on top of them are doing. The ones that, that they 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 are the gatekeepers for, the ones they are the sneaker keepers for, the one percent, and even before the one percent, um, the black boule would be the fraternities and sororities, the African American side of it. Even before that, you have the Caucasian or the the white fraternities and sororities that's really above them. So they're still higher in a level. But these things have been going on since, we know, centuries, you know, over 100 years, as far as the, especially the black boule and longer for Freemasonry. And when we're talking about secret societies, you have to remember, eh, there's more than just, there's levels to it. Okay, you, you KKK is even a secret society, heck. They might even say the NYPD is, as far as it's literally an organized gang. But most would go further and just say it is like a secret society in the sense of they do things in secrecy or law enforcement, period, you know, and hide it and can sweep it up the rug of a hunk oh i don't know what happened that person tripped fell and landed on my gun and shot themselves you know kind of thing try to you know get away with it and then you have politicians um there's a whole nother world it's, it's too much going on when it comes to that and then you have even out of skull and bones and um political secret societies the ones that's for banking, the ones that's for this and, and so forth and sex work. so i painted that picture i just want to move on Today, I want to talk about specifically the Black Boulet. Like I said, I overlook them. We overlook them. It's like they're invisible, but they do exist. Now, the reason they were created is because they were not, they were not able to join the white fraternities and sororities, even though they were just as elite. So what you had at that time when the Boulet was starting out, you didn't just have um, what it was, I believe, was six... African American males that just randomly put yes they randomly put something together but they weren't just random people these people were prestigious they were doctors pharmacists dentists and they specifically wanted if they were going to start this organization modeled after the whites that they were going to make it modeled very much in that pristine they wanted pristine they they wanted good they wanted quality you know they wasn't now these so called <clears throat> African Americans. Who already were doctors, dentists, psychiatrists, you name it, of the time, that was not really a lot of fields that a lot of African Americans were going into. They were actually getting in the door, some of them by grace and some of them by legacy already. So these Boule people had already started. What became known or what people don't know is the roots of what is called the elite upper black class that does exist. You know, you see that narrative about 
African-Americans, uh, for the most part, are poor and, and or we're struggling and, you know, we have to be a financial crisis all the time. You know how it is. Broken homes, you know, absentee father, single mother home, you know, um, a mother having multiple children, multiple, you know, the, that kind of stigma, so to speak, ghetto ratchet through and through, at least whatever it is they show and get on the TV rap music whatever it's, there's really people that's there that are narrow-minded that way and just or, or just even us african-americans have almost sold that narrative to try to break free to try to be what tupac said to be the rose that grew from concrete oh my god you weren't supposed to make it your environment was yeah but you know you sprung out anyway well believe it or not the um these descendants of today of the black boule the original black boule that set up shop in early in early 1900s they were not raised the way that we were raised and i don't just mean in the sense of they had money so they did not ever want i mean even in their mindset they didn't talk to them about the problems of blacks beneath them so that that narrative of black people in america is this and black people in america is that they never put that trauma in their children even if they knew it was true when it happened to black people, because there was still some kind of a surety that there would be okay, but also because um they understand that they're separated from that. You understand what I'm trying to say? Like that that's that's them, but this is us. And I'm gonna read you um an article a little later on, share you all some thoughts. So let's start with the origins first. Okay, so the Black Boulet, also known as the gatekeepers was officially known in the beginning as Sigma Pi Phi. The Boulay was founded in Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, I believe, in 1904 by Dr. Henry McKee Minton and five of his colleagues, which makes six in total. Now, again, like I said, among the group of them were doctors, dentists, pharmacists, and it was literally the nation's first black Greek organization. Now, one thing I love about the direction that this podcast has been taken in the past few months, and literally, not intentionally, I more or less try to go off of what I ran into, or I I just want to say at this point, where the spirit is leading me to go. And it's amazing how we've been talking about, even if it sounded boring, if it was lengthy and we was jumping, we talked about Hellenism. Because at first, we was just simply tracing Satan down, okay? I said, I'm going to drag him out from his little, little hiding place, and I'm going to, uh, where's Waldo? Where is Satan? I'm playing where is Satan through the centuries to figure out in every civilization how he done popped up and manifest himself. We found him in Mesopotamia, Babylon, clearly. We found him in, in Egypt. We found him in Greece. We Greco-Rome, Roman. And we talked about Hellenism being... Pretty much the worship of the Greek deities, which really was Zeus and Satan. And the the Titans would have been considered the Nephilim. And why they say clash of the Titans is because in the book of Enoch, it was said by God when he denied their petition, when the watchers asked, oh my God, we made a mistake, uh, sleeping mortal women and contaminating your design, making all these hybrid races. We should not have followed Lucifer. We should not have listened to him. It was a bad idea. Even Satan himself was like, oh, no, they was crying. And the Lord said, no, there's going to be a flood. And not only did he say your children are, um, are going to pass away through the flood, but he said there will, they will watch as their children kill each other by the sword. Okay? So eventually there was a war 
between the Nephilim, where they killed each other off. The, not all of them, obviously. Some of them survived because that's clear in Genesis, but a majority of them got killed by the sword, which is where they get the legends of Clash of the Titans, back to Satan being Zeus, though, and uh, the deities that ran with him, those gods and goddesses that they masqueraded as would have been the fallen angels masquerading. And we know Zeus was a, was a shapeshifter. And so were um, those things. So again, about this podcast, we talking, we was talking about Hellenism. So when we talk about modern day Hellenism, that's all you got here because these organizations is Greek to the bone. It's modern day Hellenism. They call it Greek life. They use Greek letters. They worship Greek deities. This is clearly Zeus. This is clearly say. This is this is clearly another. What it is now, I guess you could call it, it's not new because the fraternities are considered old. This is another reason why those things um, fall under, fall under or go over people's heads and the wool could be pulled over people's eyes. Because the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And the good intentions behind these organizations is um, reward. You will be rewarded for anything, for everything you have to do to go through to get in there. If you can make it through all those things, you're going to make it, you get rewarded. Then you have the prestige of being a Greek on campus. Don't you know some people, the thing with Greek life, and I want to be very clear before I go on. Just because somebody's in a fraternity or sorority don't mean they're going to make it to these levels. I say it all the time. There's levels to everything. Okay. Whatever's at the bottom walking in through the door. Don't know nothing about these organizations. That's literally, there's an hierarchy. Even when you go into fraternities and sororities you can have a president of the school but the president of the school still has to talk to probably there's an upper president that's over the region that president over the region is the president that's uh, responsible to communicate with whatever universities or college campuses has activity you know activities or whatever maybe supposed complaints or whatever it is that they might need founders you know there's somebody there but even that president on top of them, it's like a, it's like the church. There's somebody on top of that. And those are the people that I'm talking about. And those people that remain, those people that stay and end up climbing into higher positions of power, just like Freemasonry, just like you could get into the industry, but that don't mean you 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 um got into Masonry. And just because you're in the industry and you're in Masonry, that don't mean you're 30, 30 yet. You understand what I'm trying to say? And so um, I want to make it clear that somebody could be this and this and that. I didn't say they're coming home to worship the devil. I said the door they walking in is a road paved with good intentions under the guise of light, proper light, but really it's not. And then as you're going on and you're exceeding, especially a lot of these children that go in their legacy, their legacy meaning like their people got real money, like like old black money, not new black money like I just hit the lotto, new black money like I just signed a contract and just know my for this many and i get to sign an endorsement deal not that kind of new money i mean like from 1906 or before black boule generations down still got big bread okay now <clears throat> they like to try to hide that though they try to make it seem like everybody's just we're gonna go on so like i said there's levels to it just like in the lodges whatever's walking through the door and doing that don't know what the people are doing in the higher upper realm that's the ones in the lodges ain't even 33rd unless they're probably the head of the lodge and even that person has somebody on top of them i think i set up the arc here what i was that i was trying to say greek modern day hellenism now remember oh before i even continue on omega sci-fi <laughs> I've been talking about them. I talked about them in the last episode with Tyree Nichols. At the time, I said it was one of the officers was of the of the five, but now six. It was a white officer that was fired later. 
but of the original five, the murdering five. I said one of the five was Omega Sapphire. Kind of find that now it's three. Okay, that's not a coincidence. And I read to y'all before about their dark history. Even when they had people pledging at 42 years old in Brooklyn in 2018, a man was getting paddled 150 to 200 times in his testicles. That, come on. There's something very dark about it. And I'm not just talking about the hazing. That man just going just trying to get in. I don't even know what he wanted that bad, but he he wanted to be clearly a part of the organization that bad. But, <clears throat> you know, they're, they got the cues. And if you look at different variation of Omega Sci-Fi's logos, you'll see the cue has a lightning bulb. And I put this up on my page, on the Instagram page for who's on the Lord's side, if anybody wants to take a, a, a picture of this. And I pretty much just said what I'm saying now is that the lightning bulb can only symbolize one thing. Lightning bolt will always symbolize in the world symbolism Satan, okay? Satan falling like lightning because the Messiah said he saw Satan. He was there when he, when Satan fell and he fell like lightning, which is why Harry Potter has a lightning bolt, which is why Hitler, um, not just the swastika, because that was supposed to be a lot of things like the black sun and inner earth kind of replica of the, the black sun rays, a variation of it. But he also had lightning bolts assigned to him when they would march and they do, would do honor and allegiance to him. And a lot of the scientists and doctors that was doing those things and killing people off a concentration camp and trying to find the, the, the perfect gene and all of these freak experiments and whatever Hitler was doing, they were coats that had lightning on it. And so that is a very strong symbolism that they're going to put that there because um, Zeus also had a lightning bolt. <laughs> So anyway, before the Boulay was exposed, and what I mean by exposed is just because they existed, they tried to act as if they weren't what they really were. But it wasn't until various individuals in the 90s and the 2000s, that's when a lot of people started to read a lot more. I think that's around the time when they started, uh, even Fritz Springmeier, in the late 80s into the 90s, a lot of people just started writing books and coming out with stuff. Even, I think, Holy Blood, Holy Grail, which was onto something, but was off because they tried to suggest that, you know, we talked about that anyway. Uh, everybody was dropping. It's like, oh, something was, oh, maybe a flood of flooding information guy was sitting down at that time. But as far as um, people were concerned, the boule was on par or similar to the white organization like Skull and Bones. Like, they knew they existed, but they just could not prove it. Um, and even though <laughs> clearly they existed in the sense of you saw them, but is there really us like a blind upper class? Like, is there really something else going on? Why y'all picked or chosen or that kind of thing, you know, and, um, certain ones could come in. I mean, just cause I'm not a doctor today don't mean I got the credentials to not be a doctor. And I think at the time, or even now it's only fourth of the original boule of the original boule. It's only 4,000 members. So this is what I'm talking about. And in a 4,000, you know, you have to remember, some people go on to have regular lives. It's not everybody still participate in after-college life stuff. You know, some do. But a lot don't still go to the conferences and go to the this and keep in touch with this person to eventually say, let me rub elbows to that way and get, to, and, you know, in cahoots with this one to eventually start climbing to maybe go where it is that you need to go. But um, of the 4,000, they're going to get whoever they need to get. The best of the best, I guess, the criminal crime or the most dedicated and, um, I guess, you devotee to where they want to be. You see these people over here playing, uh, paying their dues. Ricky Smiley paying dues for that, uh, that time. when see, and, and see, when t Ricky Smiley got his deal from Tom Joyner, Tom Joyner's also Omega Sci-Fi. Tom Joyner busted that industry whole, whole wide open. 
and it was it was died when he was stepping down. Tom Jordan leaving, and he handed it over to who? Rick Smiley. And it said that he ain't pay his dues. He ain't pay the piper. And it was uh, allegedly said it's supposed to be, and I agree, that it, it, the first pay up was should have been or was supposed to be his daughter who was uh, shot, but it didn't happen. Couldn't do anything else right away, and now it's his son. And why y'all saying son? We're saying son. Please understand, <clears throat> this man did not was not there for the child. He didn't find about, out about him until later. They had a strange relationship, yes, but they knew each other. And it's um, another, his stepfather, another man that stepped in that actually raised him, which is exactly why Ricky said, please uh, uh, think about, he didn't say his other father. He literally said, um, pray for his father, you know, because he knows that he wasn't there. It's the same man as soon as it happened. It's your child. Whether, even if it's your child and I was estranged, the, the, just the history of it. I didn't know you were here. And then I found out that you were here. And then we tried it. Then, you know, another man was in my place. But then, you know, and now you're gone. You think emotions will really hit you. This man is filming, him, filming himself in real time. Hey, I just found out that my son just passed away. He, boy, you look like you just walk into the car to, to grab your keys that you might left real quick. Or like you just talking to us on the FaceTime while you casually just loading up the car before you do head to the airport to catch a flight. But not necessarily to no funeral for a loved one. And you know what I'm sick and tired of? I do understand that people are gr uh, have grief and they do grieve in different ways. But I'm sick and tired of y'all telling me. That this industry done trained these people to be so cold. I never see one person or a lot of people completely break down. S fans break down and have more of an emotional reaction. I feel sometimes a complete stranger. You should see. I, I shed tears for innocent babies all the time. I'm, a, I'm such an empath. And not just innocent babies, mothers who get killed, you know, murdered, anything that's going on. Like, I feel these things in real time. I don't get desensitized. It's amazing that I can't, I don't get desensitized. And then you're telling me these people be hearing stuff about people that actually, these celebrities, you actually knew. They was more than celebrities to some of you. They was friends. Y'all was kicking it. Y'all got pictures together. All kind of better memories than we had. We just got what we saw on the screen. If you went to the concert and you got an experience, maybe you got an autograph if you was lucky. And you feel you falling out on the floor. The other day, oh my God, it's such a, yeah, when I heard, I was in shock. You know what? I'm, that's, that's why I think now they tweet their emotions more than they talk, than they say it. And then you saw Ellen. Ellen was the only one that looked distraught lately, but I think we are weak. Well, I'm not going to talk about Ellen on Twitch. Let me just stay on the subject, girls. We get out of here. People got lives. The Boulay. Boulay. Boule is Greek for, or the definition of boule in Greek is uh, the council of chiefs. They are councils of chiefs or their advisors to kings. Well, exactly the role that they're meant to play. The gatekeepers this is exactly why the main symbol of the boule, I said it before, was like a hybrid. When I look at it again, it's a sphinx. We all know that there's always a mystery surrounding the sphinx. And the sphinx, if you ever heard or read of the Finks in history, especially in the story of Oedipus, Rex, or anywhere else, loves to riddle you down, you know? And if you can't solve the riddle, there's always a terrible fate. The, the Finks won't kill, eat you. It's over. You know, that's it. Solve the riddle you, you can't. And a lot of people really don't. But the point is that there's always a mystery to the Finks, and the Finx is meant to hold so why the boule is a sphinx that's holding a secret? The secret is holding is not necessarily that, oh, we're black. And we see that. We can clearly see, that, like, any fraternity or sorority, you know. That's, I mean, that's like saying you, 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 the jocks don't get special treatment, like, at school, so to speak. 
Boy, I'm, oh my gosh, I have to tell this story because I have to give you an example of just how certain people in certain positions compared to others who are paying the same amount of money. I'll give you St. John's University. I'm paying the same amount of money as this young man. My family and I, I had put in, I, I, I had loans. <laughs> my mother certainly paid, but everybody's paying and go here. Everybody's studying their butts off to stay here. Probably your ramen noodles or peanuts or Pop-Tarts, child. I don't know what they was, mac and cheese in the bowl that you could microwave at the time was real good, you know? But here's this boy in my class, and he was part of the St. John's basketball team. And I had no idea. I had no idea. My math professor had no, no idea. And I remember she couldn't stand him or she was getting so frustrated with him. And at some point, I was and other classmates was because he was... He wasn't present. He seemed to not care. And he seemed to not really be trying. You know, she would try to get him engaged. And he was just kind of like lax and lax and lax. And it came to the point where it was about to be, I guess we was about to go. Um, it wasn't, I guess it was about to be mid-semester. It was getting like midterms, right? It was getting bad for this kid. And apparently he needed his grades. So one day she would tell him too, you know, come and talk to me after class. I would notice she would try to talk to him after class. And then one, and you know, next time she'd be like, I told you to meet me. You didn't meet me. Now one day, guess what happens? I guess his grades got so bad. He's sitting in class and there's a knock at the door. Teacher goes to the door. This is weird, right? I mean, if you're a student and you're late, just come in, grab a seat. She goes to the door. There's a man sitting there in a trench coat. She's like, huh? He's like, she's like, oh, coach. She's like, yeah, can, um, can I talk to you? And so-and-so come outside. The student. Apparently, this kid's on the St. John's University basketball team. He's failing. He's flunking in this class. His, he can't save himself. At this point, she wasn't even willing to save him, and he wasn't even using his flex. But he must have told his coach. Of course, must have found out, because coach came, dressed up, and talked to this lady outside, disturbed our class time. For about five to seven minutes. It was under 10 minutes, but it was some time. Because we were like, well, what's going on? Is he in trouble? Like, what's he doing now? What is he doing now? What did he do now? <laughs> no. And then she comes out. Don't you know from that day forward, she was so much nicer to him. She, um, he, he, was more, he was more like a little bit better, but still kind of awkward. But she just was, I know she just passed that kid. I just know she just passed that kid. All of a sudden, she didn't bother him as much to participate. And I was like, so all it took for this kid to save his butt is just that he's associated with a higher organization with this school that makes the school a lot of money. Politics. It's just politics what it comes down to. It doesn't matter where you go. And I cannot stand that people's brains sometimes are so narrow-minded or naive that they just think it stops there. Power is real. Power runs this world. Money rules this world. And certainly a bunch of demonic, satanic people on top. So the boule means advisors for the kings, councils for the chiefs. And the secret is that they are holding the secrets of the 1% of the world in order to help pacify people below, especially the Negroids. The, the black boule specifically job is to distract and dis deflect any kind of truth or awakening from in the Negro community and keep them pacified, keep, keep us zombified, if, if, if anything. And we're going to talk about that. I'm going to take a break and I'll see you all after the break. All right, we are back from break. So in the beginning, the boule for much of its existence was an elite invitation, only secret society for black men of high regard 
So members are chosen based on their profession, accomplishments, and their standing in the community. Now, they are considered, or it is considered, the original Boulay, the father of the black Greek letter organizations that make up what they call the Divine Nine. Notice how they call themselves Divine. I'm trying to tell you. Forget that we're different because you, um, we, we, listen, they're very much, you can't sit with us, okay? That's already the mindset. They share brain, and also there's a camaraderie through all the things that they've been through and the secrets um, that they hold so dear that they were ready to, I don't know, do anything for, lie and say it's not true, hide and just keep going, all to prove allegiance. But the Divine Nine were the Alpha Phi Alpha Kappa Alpha Psi. Omega Psi Phi, Phi Beta Sigma, Iota Phi Theta, Alpha Kappa Alpha, Delta Sigma Theta, Zeta Phi Beta, and Zig Sigma Gamma Rho. Now, Omega Psi Phi, damn Omega Psi Phi. Well, let me tell you, Ben Crump is Omega Psi Phi. Look at him every time you turn around, Ben Crump. Yep, Omega Psi Phi. And I believe Al Sharpton is, or if he's not, he's part of another one. Oh, as a matter of fact, <laughs> let me go to the famous picture. If I could pull it up for you all. I posted this on Who's on the Lord's Side and Instagram too. If anybody wants to take a look, it is that famous picture of Martin Luther King standing on the balcony next to Jesse Jackson, Omega Sci-Fi. And you know that uh, he was a member of the Boule and two other Boule people as well. I know Jesse Jackson definitely got a name after that. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I'll never forget the time that Dick Gregory exposed the video. And I'm going to find it for y'all. I'm going to find it for y'all. I'm going to put it on the page. I'm going to look for it. I was thinking about that today. Where Dick Gregory exposed one of these men. It wasn't Jesse Jackson who was standing right next to him. But it was... One of these two here who was surviving and decided to speak on it. Sometimes when you let people talk, and people like to talk, especially myself, right? I like to talk, but sometimes people talk and they talk long enough, they start to tell on themselves. And this man started to vividly, I wouldn't say he forgot where he was. I just think he started to just vividly see it again in his mind. And he began to describe the hotel room that day and how he was all in the hotel room and, um, and all this nonsense and I'm pretty sure I don't want to paraphrase the story but there's something about they wanted to he wanted to go Martin but they kept him there they kept him there and then they said at one point they all went out to the balcony now when they all went out to the balcony this was not Martin Luther King's idea to go out to the balcony <clears throat> I don't even know if one of these Negroes just happened to say oh look what you what ooh, that jive turkey down there but even in the picture that supposedly the CIA done took, whoever got this clear shot, somebody got a very great shot on a historical shot, if you ask me, of the moments before he passed away. So people clearly knew he was there. I don't care if it was a person who shot the picture. I don't care if it was a shooter. Knew it's, it's everybody. I think most people knew he was there. And this man said as he was talking that um, he'll never forget that they were all standing out there. And he said, and right when the moment was getting ready to happen, he said, he said, the moment's getting ready to happen. He said, so he had moved out the way so, so he wouldn't get hit. Now, <laughs> he moved out the way before it happened. So, because he was, he knew it was going to happen or something. The, the word that he put, I have got to find this video. 
Dick Gregory, God bless the dead, because the man put this out here. Even though Dick Gregory never put the words of God on his lips, but he did put the truth out there. But I still feel the truth Dick Gregory put out there was to still complacify black people, like to wake them up, but he would never sell you on Messiah or the soul. He never really went all the way there, okay? He did want to wake people up, though. But the man pretty much said, yeah. And right when they was getting ready to fire the shot, he said, we seen they was about to fire a shot. He said, very much along the line. So then I had moved to get out the way. Now, <laughs> as soon as he said that, the people in Dick Gregory audience gasped because Dick Gregory was paying a clip of it. And the people in the, in the crowd where that man was talking at in the clip gasped as well. And he also started to stumble and fumble and uh, uh, caught himself and tried to clean it up. But it was too late. There was no other way else to read that except for even when Dick Gregory was explaining it, there was no reason for them to all be there that day. Um, he was just in the room. He didn't really want to go out. And then when he did want to go out, the way he wanted to go out, it was like, no, maybe we should just stay. And all of a sudden, somehow, he was able to be lured onto that daggone balcony. It was something about he wouldn't go out. Then he said, you know what? If I am going to go out... I'm going to not get fresh air on the balcony. Maybe I should go stand in the front. It's something they must have already knew. He's going to come out to the balcony. Let's make it something in the balcony because maybe if he's on the street level or something, we'll have more witnesses. I don't care who they catch and said pull the trigger. Who sent them? Did you all hear Did you all hear recently that um, Malcolm X um, shooter, the shooter got released? And they saying all of a sudden now, that he was not the one that pulled the trigger or he was not the one that killed them. And everybody already knew it was like CIA involvement, but now that was released recently. So again, y'all, you have to wonder, even with the presidents, all the presidents that have been here, um, secret, what is it they call them? They're the special agents or the ones that secret service, the ones that stick with them. Even after presidency, when you're in the president, you're supposed to be protected, vice presidents, even and your children and your family. Always. These people have no jobs. Secret Service has no jobs. They, I mean, as, no, no jobs. They have jobs. Clearly, they have jobs. I'm so, I'm so tired. I'm just trying. They have no lives, is what I meant to say. They have no lives in the sense of they don't have a life of their own. Okay, and so they sit outside the president's house, the vice president's house, uh, the then their families. Not only of the current uh, vice president, president, and their families of today. Okay, like Biden and his family and so forth, but the previous one so obama until the day he dies any president that's still alive without bush any of them that's still alive still has secret service on them to this day to keep them protected so you have to wonder why was it that jfk the most woke president that tried to warn the american public about secret societies that's what he stood against Although his family was into bootlegging and that's how they made their money. You know, you got to remember there's old money. How did you make your money? It doesn't matter. How did the, the money, no matter how many, no matter <clears throat> who is rich, they all know how they got rich. Or the legacy knows it was oil. It was this. It was bootlegging. It was whatever it was. But for the Kennedys, it was bootlegging during the prohibition. And they made their money and eventually got into politics 
And then eventually with JFK, he just started to say, you know, it's not fair to the public. He starts to say it in ways that was um, the language that they use to this day is coded. And he spoke a little bit too much. And also he was very much about the civil rights movement involving um, MLK and these things. And they ousted him. You have to wonder. And then his, there was his brother, Bobby. The only other president, Bobby was not a president, but JFK was, that was assassinated was Lincoln. And the only thing Lincoln did was take the South and instead of making it segregated from the North, decided that freeing the slaves would be the best thing to keep everything together. And he got shot by John Wilkes Booth minding his business. You know, you could say that mishaps happen, but it's been 42 some odd presidents. Everything is political. When you talk about politics, you raise, you poke a lot of bears or sleeping bears. You are dangling sometimes with certain politics and notions, especially really, I want you to say good old boys or people that's like really Americanized and just like my, my country, my country. You, you know, when you start changing politics, you mean to tell me in the history of, t- this is what I knew. And we should have knew that Obama was a fraud, that he was a black African-American male running for presidency. At first, we did not know who he was. But like I said, the media, we know, began to sway us into who he was. Come to find out later that he has a background. He's related to former presidents. He's related to the royals of now and back then. We understand now he was just like all the other presidents who's related to each other in secret societies, (laughs) as we're talking about today. Um, this is, this is, come on, there's no such thing as coincidence. The same way you have to be a a specific type of breed or specific type of caliber to join. So said, so says, you know, secret society, A, B, C, or D. It's the same way if you're going to be a presidential candidate, even if you want to just participate, that's one thing. But if you're going to make it and be a president, you do have to be cut from a certain cloth. Okay. And, um. Obama was one of the biggest frauds there was out there because uh, we were meant or I guess you could say persuaded to like him, but not understanding how they were playing the game. Now, one thing I want to do, I'm going to sideline before I go back to the boule. I want to talk about Beyonce's former bodyguard and his name is Uncle Ron. Now, if you're in the state world movement or world, you know, the, the the truth movement community, then you know that Uncle Ron has been talking. Boy, dude, he have receipts of his own, but he has been credible for some time. And he's been saying a lot about Jay-Z and Beyonce, literally about pretty much what everybody else has been saying, including Jaguar Wright, that their relationship is a business, more of a business uh, transaction. I'm not saying that after all these years, in her captivity or bondage. Listen, I believe it. I'm just saying, I'm just telling you, believe what you want to. This is not a podcast to tell you what to believe. This is a podcast where we talk about things. We talk about things. I discuss what I find. I share it. But for the most part, you all know how I feel or my position on it for the most part. Okay. That was a business of Jackson transaction. Jaguar Wright said it and she's out of her mind, supposedly, they said. But we know it's MK, MK Ultra Mind Control and I spoke about that in a previous episode but uncle ron he's clear you know he talks clearly he's he's the only thing about all of these people including jaguar right including somebody i mentioned previously earlier in a previous segment um i remember i um 
Dick Gregory. God bless the dead. Remember I said that they don't tie God into the mix. So while they are they while they know the truth, there's still something about them that has not tied in the whole truth. Pieces of the truth. But the pieces of the truth that they hold on to shed so much more light. Especially to our side who has this side, you know, trying to just connect the dots. So Uncle Ron <clears throat> recently has gone on social media to say that he's not going to talk about Jay-Z and Beyonce anymore and that he's going to stop. Now, also, it has been said that Uncle Ron has recently, before he said that statement, that he would no longer talk about Jay-Z and Beyonce anymore, that he was somehow had a, a sudden medical emergency, wink, wink, and that he was taken to the hospital where he was... I wouldn't say clinging on, but it was very serious. I would say he was, I would not say that he was near death. I would not wish out on anybody, but the point was a very grave and serious. And he came out of it. Shortly after that, he gets on live TikTok. I have been following Uncle Ron. It's amazing that they're shutting up a lot of people or people are getting quieted down around the same time. Like a Jaguar, right? I don't mean to get off subject, subject from what we're talking about, but it does tie into previous episodes that we've talked about. She's out now. And even when she was in there and she's talking to Tokyo Tiny, Tony, <laughs> Tokyo Tiny, Tokyo Tony, Black China mother. She was saying that, and I know, I know that Jaguar is smart, so I know that she knows that she's talking to Tokyo she knows that she's Tokyo's live. She knows that what Tokyo's doing. And this is illegal. It's not like some kind of booby trap. It's not kind of like bugging or anything like that. And she says to her that all she needs is, is 72 hours in there and a script from the doc. And she's going to be right out. This is Jag talking to Tokyo. Like, all I need is this and that. and be right out. Should I made new friends with a, some, some, some other nutty chicks up in there. I'm saying nutty. <laughs> As a term of endearment, like she done made some friends with some other chicks up in there, and some one of them in particular she didn't like grasped onto, which Tokyo was saying, yeah, that's like me, like everywhere I go, I dot people wherever I go, blah blah blah, and she was basically saying like, um, what? She, listen, I know that she knows she that she's talking to Tokyo and that Tokyo is also on live and things are being recorded and anything at this point is also for Jaguar anything at this point related to Jaguar especially in the elite who's watching her is also listening and paying attention from everything that went down from everything she's been saying before this so what she says to Tokyo is that the incident that happened with her was staged um that it was her acting, that she did not really throw her son's ashes out, that it was something else. And also, and, and so now, remember I told y'all, I already felt like things were funny with the people that she was supposedly attacking. We live in real time, child. I live in NYC in real time. I live in New York in real time. I live in Long Island for 14 years. I lived in Queens for about 14 years as well. I'm split, literally. And then, of course, our family all over in New York State, from upstate to downstate, from several boroughs. So when I'm talking about New York City, New York, I'm just talking about New York period, but when I'm talking about specifically New York City, <laughs> like, things go viral as far as attacks lately, you know, and also around the world. We know what real altercations look like in the Walmart. We know what real authentic altercations look like. And it just did not feel to me 
when Jag was in that situation at the so-called barbershop with her and um, her husband, who supposedly put down up on her, and Solar, which I found out he was a uh, member of. Now look, listen to listen to this. Solar was a member, or is a member still of um, what, what was. I want to say current. I can't remember the name of the carbonation or something like that. Oh, child, carbonation is a cult. Um, carbonation is a cult where they have girls come. In. So when they got exposed, is that girls was coming out and they were saying that they slept with people in there. They got caught up in the mix and they got caught up in the uh, logic and the mumbo jumbo. And I feel like a lot of drugs had to do with this because this is clear. I'm just being honest with you. They remind me of like a black hippie type tribe, okay? They clearly drugs in the mix. The things that the women were even saying is like, this one taught me, this one taught me, and who taught them would be a man, whether it was um, Solar or somebody else. But what behooved me and everybody else was the fact that these girls were running out here burning with STDs. I don't mean to disrespect anybody, but... They was running out here cashing because they were sleeping with they, the the culture is to sleep with you know that's how it is with these weird occult things especially off the grid where they're living off the land <laughs> and some weird person is just pretending to be the savior and knows the truth or whatever the situation is there's a lot of abuse and I don't mean to laugh about it but I'm just simply saying that they came out with a lot of sexual assault and abuse and so it was it was already exposed that that's what carbonation was. And every time anybody confronted them in real time, whether they were doctors or people who were just investigators or people who just was woke and like us and just had real facts, like I'm a woman or this or whatever, why wouldn't y'all get tested? Why wouldn't y'all, if you find out that people are burning? And they just kept saying like a STD is, a STD is not really something that could kill you. They just try to like, let me tell you something. There's too much things, I wouldn't call it a secret society, but a cult, cult, this or whatever is there's too many levels to this to get people caught out there there's actually some celebrities in the industry and i'll do another episode on this that was actually before they got on supposedly a part of their history or background is that they were members of a cult i mean cult civilizations or programmings where their parents that's what their earliest remembrance is their their earliest memory is, is being in some kind of a colonization area with people and being in a cold world and then they got they, they somehow broke free from that and then you got into Hollywood which struck me like I'm talking to you all about these fraternities and this thing is like it's it's I think it's the fraternities and sororities whether they're black white inspired um do have the, the knowledge of um ambition and I want to talk about that because I'm going to go back to Uncle Ron. Please just bear with me. It goes back to ambition. How bad do you want this? How bad do you need this? How bad are you willing to? What lines are you willing to cross to make this happen? This tone, this questioning, what I'm saying, not only comes across sometimes in corporate America that has nothing to do with secret societies or maybe even like gangs, but like it, this is a real thing. You know what I mean? Like how bad do you want it? And you have people that are ambitious and the ambition is, is not a terrible thing at all. It's nothing wrong with being ambitious. But then you have some people that are just simply overly ambitious and you have movie, you know, like throw the, your mama in front of a train type of stuff, like s step on your child's neck. Like the mortgage is due. I'm going to, uh, you know, I don't know, do this ABC or D. 
the the bottom line is I feel like everybody does truly I don't believe that I have a price because I know better now I know better now but maybe yes I believe that maybe there was a certain time in my life when I was younger I would have been dumb enough for a certain amount of money what would I have done because you know we see memes all the time y'all let's let's just talk about this before I'm building it up you know what I am I like to build paint a picture but not my picture, just some kind of just realistic picture. We've all seen the memes where they say, for a million dollars, or if you had to pick A, B, C, or D, to have $10 million or go back to um, five or 20 years ago and do it all over again, or would you slap your mom for this amount of money? I've literally heard even comedians, I've seen it in the comments. I've, now when I see it, I don't laugh anymore. Because I mean, people like, I people be like, shoot, I have two people right now you could take, like, if you needed them, like, ha, 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 they're laughing. But at the same time, if you could, for a certain amount of money, sacrifice. And I'm, sacrifice means anything. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. There are certain people for a certain amount of m- money or for a, certain, for a certain cause. For maybe for the, the cure to someone's illness of a loved one. For the fact that they'd never be hungry again. Never have to worry about a roof never worry about sleeping in a car again you have to understand it's the same way sometimes a lot of people when they go into the army they go in for legacy but a lot of people go into the army because they want money but for the most part there's a price to pay the blood money like i said even with these uh, cases tyree nichols recently okay you're not if you win because they did win in the recent case before that we do we do know that okay Officer stuff that the officer did do what he did. He stepped forward and like they did convict, but that doesn't always happen. So in the majority of these cases, or primarily, what usually happens is that what you didn't win in criminal court. Now go get the money, you know. So for a price, there is a way of saying yeah. For 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 what you did, I didn't win the criminal court, but I will take this money, you know. For for so there's a lot of ways to sell your soul, and pretty much. What it comes down to is what is it that you're willing to give it up for? Some people it's for a position, even if that means <clears throat> sleeping with somebody in the company to get there, you know, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. <clears throat> so I want to paint that picture about the overly ambitious to simply say that they start from somewhere, you know, and they want to climb. Some people are willing to do literally anything they have to do, especially if they could go unnoticed or undetected. That's like the perfect crime, okay? And still be where they want to be. So I want to go back now to continue to talk about Uncle Ron because that's how I was talking to you all before. So, all right, Ricky Smiley, like I said before, as I feel, and most people in the woke movement know, as far as you understand these things, sacrificed his son brandon smiley for his omega sci-fi brotherhood not only that because he had to uh the time tom joiner that morning show that he has you know you can't just be sitting in places like i said the daughter i thought before and now the son but the sacrifice was supposed to be the daughter like i said um If it was me, like I said, if my child had passed away, I wouldn't have had the strength to walk to my car, let alone <laughs> record <laughs> and go live. And I cannot side-eye that enough. I cannot, 
There's no, let me tell you something, ain't no industry in the world, ain't no military in the world could train me to be a so stone cold blooded in every interview. And when I come back home with my family and they're asking me at Thanksgiving, what did you really see? Tell me, tell me what you saw. You know, I can do all of that. I could play poker face. I do that all the time now in real life. But trust me when I tell you, if with my own flesh and blood came out, my womb child, or that, that, that I done raised up my own present, whatever we went through, the past child, honey, baby. The last thing I'm doing is going on live to talk to my fans. <laughs> That's who you needed right then at that moment, your fans. Mother, excuse my language, but if it was if I if he was my child's father. If it was my son, and that was my grandson, I said, like, get the hell off the, give me, give me your damn phone, how dare you, how dare you, how, how many know in black culture, that's like sitting there talking on your phone, like, yeah, my, hold on, we go, hello, the family going through an emergency, we ain't got time for your little friends right now, we gonna shut this down, we gonna mourn in the loss of someone in our family. You're too, you're, you're too, before your, before your fans, but let me tell you something about these days. You think they're not sacrificing, sacrificing their children into the molek? <laughs> All right, let me move on because we're not going to get through this episode. We're going to be here for three days. Also, then I'm going to have to do a part two or three, and some of y'all be cheating, and y'all don't go to the part two, a little cheating behinds. I already know, but some of y'all do. I'm clapping for you. Let's move on, though. I can't side-eye that enough. Sometimes I feel bad for the celebrities, uh, the children of celebrities, and also, like I said, at times of the children for, of the fallen angels that didn't have to be born, but have to be put through these things. It's not, it's not <laughs> you, we were, you see these kids out here, down here getting killed because the devil's already in the household and all of this. Going through the mothers. We see it every day, more now than ever. It's not about social media. Social media now for a long time. It's not about that. More than ever, it's like these children are not safe even with their own I'm like, y'all trust people to just even watch y'all kids. Some of them can't even watch their own. They can't stand their own. And they <laughs> We're not even going to talk about them. But at the end of the day, they they just sacrificing them in real time. I'd, I'd feel terrible. But these children don't have to be born. Any of these children, fallen angels, children are um, abused, didn't have to be here. Okay. So, the son died at age 32. This is Ricky Spotty's son. Um, reverse will be 23. Now, remember, Ricky Smiley is Omega Sci-Fi. That's why we're talking about this. And also, um, remember I talked about... What is his name? That Lloyd Crump? Whatever his name is that's in the, the news all the time. Him, he's also Omega Sci-Fi. Remember, he's in the news now because he's covering Tyree Nichols' case and any other black case. These people are here for a reason. They're trying to help to set the tone. They help to tell you um, what to believe in and what to think. And what I mean by that is, and I'm going to give you all a list of, of, of celebrities so you understand which one of these are the ones that you know and which one of them that you hold in a high regard. Because once you realize that, who you know, what I'm saying and on the list and who they are and how you hold them in, in high regard, you'll realize that not only is maybe what you say with them maybe does agree, but you realize that there's an influence. There's a reason why they call YouTubers influencers now or uh, Instagrammers and, and you say content creator. But they call them influencers. It's influence don't mean but one thing. It's to influence you. The the joke is though. Also going back to the AI thing I was talking about before about 
in previous episodes is also off topic. They're wanting to now use AI, if they can, as content creators to make the AI sell products and do every single thing that is that um, the content creators do for YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, but cutting the human content creator out in profit in the sense that instead of paying you out all these thousands of dollars we will now get to keep this money for ourselves because technically this ai thing is not a person but it looks like one so now you know they're going to soon be trying to oh yeah the same way they didn't replace cashiers at stores so you now have self-checkout the same way they didn't replace um, real telephone operators with the automated phone service. Press 1 for yes or you're screaming operator, operator, agents. Moving on. <clears throat> His son that at age 32 flipped backwards is 23. Um, 2023 is the year of the skull bones, which is, like I said, is also a secret society for fraternity who just is going to be celebrating another anniversary this year not a milestone like the omega sci-fi but at the same time like it's a big year for them it is the year of the skull and boss actually i think it is actually anniversary and their number is 322 2023 if you remove the zero because zero doesn't exist is 223 their number is 322 so 223 backwards is 322 which is the number of the skull and bones Taking out your own blood for fame and fortune. You know, that's a real thing. Or taking out something, some kind of blood shedding. It's like they're saying the remission. And I said the remission of sins. The, 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 the remission of sins is a shedding of blood. That was when they were doing the sacrifice. Until the ultimate sacrifice came down through the Messiah and the veil was rented. But it seems um, like over here, um, if you, same thing. Saying like, so mimic God sacrifice to me and these sacrifices would be something that would be a little bit more abominable which would be humans you know the creations of guys or whatever that was already i guess you said tainted in from the inside so i don't know why that's so you know hard to believe for that x amount of money you know so certain people would have a price if they could especially go undetected you got people that go into the police department and they snitch and they don't even have they don't have nothing on their line but their life. And their life is priceless to them, even if it's if they're a scum. You know what I'm saying? They'll snitch and rat out whoever. But like I said, when it goes into like survival mode, when it goes, I always, I talk about survival because survival mode is real. People laugh at me, even my own people's, but when you go into survival mode, it's what would that person do? Now you're really going into human animalistic instincts. It's not fight or flight anymore. It's a straight fight or just do whatever. So you're throwing whatever, my family over yours, me over you, whatever. Like, to the point that after you've defeated the entire earth for your whole family and you've done everything you've done and you conquered all the spoils, like Alexander the Great for your entire family, I'm just being honest, like, there's nothing left. When y'all get hungry again and y'all went through everything, you're going to eventually have to turn on your own family. Like, literally ambitious. Some people are just like that. And I'm just going to move on for that. I think I've paid that picture enough. Back to um, Uncle Rondo and fans. I need y'all to understand about the fans. So, Uncle Ron basically said that um, 
FAN. If you're a FAN, it literally stands for, FAN stands for financial account number. If you're a fan, I'm a fan, I'm a fan, I'm a diehard fan, or they say I have fans, I have fans, you're a financial account number, which means you're a numerical digit. It's kind of like going through the prison system. You're not a person. Sometimes they give you a DIN or a CIN or whatever IN, like some kind of a, you know what I'm saying, some kind of a identification number. It's almost like here, like you in the United States. I don't care what you say about your social security number, but that's kind of like a threat. Like a, it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's the same thing. It's kind of like a number. And so it's a financial account number. And it says that your job is to buy records to, or our jobs, I should say, is to buy records, um, to buy magazines, to watch artists on TV, to hear the artists on the radio. That is our jobs as the FAN, which is a fan or financial account number. So what it is is that we are important to the role of financial growth. We are important to the role of financial growth, meaning that if the fans are upset or if the fans, so you know, they'd be like, oh, no, we're going to cancel you. This is this will be an idea of fans. The financial account numbers are upset. The way we're marketing you, the way you're being promoted, we might be doing something wrong or maybe you're no longer good because it got out too bad. We can't do anything with you. But financial account numbers, everything. So. Right now, you're trying, they're trying to cancel you. And this course will be being canceled or something. Now, <clears throat> because the fans are upset, it would mean that the financial account numbers are upset also. Which means that this is hurting our money. The fans are upset. The financial account numbers are upset. Meaning they're not going the way we want them to go. Our money is Lamenting, we must go into damage control. Do you understand what? And you know what? Why would that be so hard to believe? Look at the way the world looks or, or is moving today with social media and monetizing. It goes off of likes. It goes off of engagement. It goes off how many people sees, how many people likes, how many people talk. As far as commenting on said post, video, reel, etc., share. This is how it goes. So numbers is important. Now, it used to be that numbers were important in the beginning of social media for egotistical reasons. Oh, they like me. They like me. You like me. You like me. You really like me. <laughs> but then after a while, when people started realizing that you can make a little change off of this, you know, <laughs> that you get, a little, get, get your little coins and ducats off of this thing, they really started to uh, make this thing go pushing bigger for them. So at the end of the day, you um, it started out genuine, but it turned out into something else. So financial account numbers, um, obviously, if the fans are happy, then the financial account numbers are good and the money is flowing in. Now, the artist, technically, according to Uncle Ron, will never care about you or us because we're just another point system in their point system game. So basically, it's similar to people who, like I said, monetize on social media. <laughs> the subscribers, views, comments, whatever you get, you get a payout. And, and that's what they care about. Now, let's be honest. I'm sure that most people, celebrities, whoever, secret society people, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever, it's, whatever the goal is in the beginning, I'm sure it started out with a genuine cause. 
Like I said, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. But those the numbers start coming in and, 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 you know, you can't honestly interact with everybody every single day in real time, all the time, especially the bigger you grow. Plus, have a real life and also have to make more content. and It's not plausible. So after a while, the things that matter is, are they still liking me? You know, what is my percentages this week? Look at your insights, you know, that kind of thing to basically get engagement. So, so pretty much um, he just pretty much went to point out that we we pretty much put too much energy into people that we shouldn't need to. And like at the at the end of the day, they do need us, but they need us mostly for the numbers because numbers produce ego and income. I mean, honestly, once a content creator says my fans, I'm sure they mean well, but I've always felt like I've always felt offended. Like because I because I support you doesn't mean that I'm a fan. I always felt like fan even before I got the breakdown in salt breakdown of what a fan is and the truth um I never thought of it as some something it just seemed like it was like a like they would say groupie it was just like fan groupie fan groupie but you could be a fan you could like somebody's thing but I'm that person like I don't know if there's any one person except for the most high god Abraham and the Messiah that's ever had me like I want to say fan and and at the end of the day, like, this financial account number thing is different. I don't stand for nothing really like that. I could like what I like, but I never really just, like, that beehive stuff. To me, that's, that's a cult. And Cardi has her own thing. That's a cult. Like, to me, that's a cult. I've never, even in the days when I was younger, Janet Jackson, anything's had these, like, kind of cults. What am I talk topic of today? But I have been on for a while and made a lot of notes. So, um... I do get a, I get offended because I'm not a fan. I'm a, I'm a supporter. You know, I'm a supporter. I'm here for you. Maybe in my head, I'm a, I'm a friend. You're my friend in my head. Before I am a fan of yours, like, because I respect myself to the point that while I respect me, I'm talking from my own point of view. Like, while I respect who you are and what you're bringing to me and what I love about you or admire about you and can see about you, and would want to encourage in you as a supporter. Is all that it is, but once you want to say that I'm a fan, it's almost like you're I'm I'm dismissive, you know. And, and not to say that I want to be there. You don't have to talk to me every day. Clearly, you're busy. I have a life, but it's it's almost saying like, okay, good. Like I just got another one, like a number, another. It does feel like another. I'm just I'm not another number. I don't have time to every time Beyonce opens her mouth and or if Beyonce hater opens their mouth, <laughs> takes out my day to just. You know, what I even even if I was a fan of hers and I disagreed with what she's saying, I don't have time to just go attack people all day on the internet. That's just different to me. That's a cult. Now, that's all I want to say about that. He says, Oh, you are, and um, sort of want to be rich. All right, that's it. That's all I want to say about Uncle Ron for now, even though I had more to say about him, and other than that, he said he's not going to be talking anymore because. After that incident with the hospital and him supposed to be taken in. But he didn't say it was because of that. He just said that um, he will not take back anything that he said. Anything that he said before he already said. 
He said, even if he takes it down and he will take it down, he knows for a fact. That's why he's confident when he's taking it down that other people have screenshot recorded it and shared it so that it's not ever lost forever. It can never be a loss forever and that they can't touch those people, obviously, because all they did was share something else, you know. But whether it was a cease and desist, you know, Ron said he's not going to talk about that anymore, but he does not take back anything that he said. This was a man before he was talking about he's not afraid, you know, he's not afraid. I'll talk about the whole Uncle Ron episode one day, too. And then he's going to talk what he wants to because it doesn't make sense to not simply be able to share your side of the story if he was there. He's, you know, he's, and also, um, it wasn't too much NDA that he had signed. And again, he was very credible and of sound of mind. Now, I want to tie up this Lule stuff by simply saying that, um, In 2011, there's an interview with the political researcher Steve Coakley called the Boule, or the political researcher Steve Coakley called the Boule an, quote, illegal criminal enterprise full of black complicity in the centralization of worldwide power, the new world. <laughs> no. A lot of words will simply say things that we know that they're trying to cover up. I think I talked about the mystery of the Great Finks already and why even what I want to talk about really calls out on lastly. And I would like to call this the intro, but like I'll say when they do, I don't even care. If y'all show up a possibly, that's y'all business. She ain't hear nobody's feelings. The ones that do show up for part two, you know, I'll see you when we get there. I just want to close out honestly with a few celebrities that we all know, some love and hold in high regard, including myself, and until I realized what they was and what they was doing. Also, I have to read this article. I have to remember to read this article because that is important as well. All right, so this is the AtlantaBlackStar.com. And it says, 40, this is October 28th of 2014. And this article is entitled, 46 Famous Black People Who Are in Fraternities and Sororities. So on this list of 46 famous black people who are in fraternities and sororities, because remember I was talking about the Boulay and Boulay's on the black side. Also, I'm be very, very clear that this list only lists 46. You can find any list anywhere and they'll have a combination or of a few. They'll put 10. You'll never even see a full list of 4,000 or the full 300 or 200. It's the kind of thing of you have to be uh, paying attention, pulling it up to find out a pattern of yourself. Like you're your own private investigator doing your own thing. But lo and behold, let's, let's list them and see how much of an influence some of these members have had in our community. As far as African American and other uh, forms of culture. You have basketball's GOAT or the GOAT greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. He is a member of Omega Psi Phi. Okay. It says uh, the civil rights leader, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., was a member of Alpha Phi Alpha. Cedric the Entertainer is a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. Alicia Keys became an honorary member of Alpha Kappa Alpha. 
And when you keep going on with these things, you're going to find that um, there's more prominent people on the list, like Betty Shabazz, which is Malcolm X's wife, who passed away. But then you also have Steve Harvey, too, who is Omega Sci-Fi. I think they say Keisha Knight Pullum who was Rudy on the Cosby show. She is Delta Sigma Phi, Delta Sigma Theta, excuse me. Then you have Tawanda Braxton, who's Zeta Phi Beta. I'm not going to miss the schools because we're going to be here all day. Omari Hardwick is Alpha, Alpha Phi Alpha. Okay, and this stuff, you have to understand, This these people are put in place also to encourage lower people who are either aspiring to be or are already there and are still there to just be like oh they're a part of the thing and then it it does what it's supposed to do it's supposed that's what it's like the teacher standing in your classroom or anybody who's in a podium or in a prominent place to be respected and uh you know like you know wanda sykes she's supposed to be i think delta as well a lot of people i think even um viola davis if i'm not mistaken and a few other a lot it's pretty much what I'm saying. If you if you see, this is what I'm trying to say. We know what we know, but when you go back to the origins, like if you're going to a private investigation and breaking people down. So not only were you a part of it, whether you did honorary after when you got into um, the industry, Greek life, Hellenism, whatever, but you also are part of the industry, which pretty much promotes satanism and luciferianism and even the like i said i'd like to think that they like those types of, not only those types because are there people that come in from the bottle that have nothing to do with that and they're just willing to sell their soul and yeah listen we have a program for everybody <laughs> you know they'd be like hey but look at look at all our different plans if you don't like this plan there's this plan you know you don't have a legacy you're black and you're poor you're just trying to get out of the bottom and get some money and buy your mama a house <laughs> no disrespect but package for you hey oh yeah so i think they like the ones that have also been initiation through fraternity sororities and things like that and hold secrets very well and have also climbed to be leaders of them not just the ones that come in and it was fun it was experience and i loved and i had kids and babies and i will always be one because once you pledge you're one but there's people that actually still do things post-grad and you know that kind of stuff so i wanted to go back to with this list so who we have here next is cheryl underwood she's a member oh they said she was the 23rd international president <laughs> you see the president is different international president listen to me i told y'all before earlier because y'all be thinking i'm talking just to talk is that they have them at the bottom hey i'm coming into the door welcome to spellman or howard oh whatever I want to plunge. My mama was a, and I want to, and my daddy, and whatever. And I don't mean to sound disrespectful. This is just like, they're so eager, right? And they get in, like, you have those at the bottom. They don't know everything from going on from the people at the top that have been in their 20s for the, for the, what the hell do they know? Why would you know? You, you're nobody yet. You're, you, you have to make your presence. You have to kind of like, you know, make a little, you know, edge your way in, so to speak. So it says here that she's the 23rd international president. I told you that on top of whatever's pledging, whatever big sorrow, whatever the little diarchy is, I care, everything is a political thing. You have the president of the 
uh, I guess you could say fraternity sorority of the school. So they're the president. That president was ordained or picked by the some kind of regional president or whatever. The title is coordinator. That's above them. Regional means like of the northeastern hemisphere, west hemisphere, which means like it's a lot. Whatever universities is from this radius of what is in control of mine. And whoever put that person there is in control of whatever. All these chapters in this, all these chapters in this continent, and whatever situation is. So for Cheryl Underwood to be the international, or the 23rd international, not president at the school at the time when she was there, not president of the, or the V vice president, or whatever the title is of the regional chapter of overseer of this, she was the 23rd international president. Okay, we're going to keep on moving. Keep on moving. Did I say Kelly? Kelly, Kelly Price, Sigma, Sigma Gamma Rho, in 2006. Roland Martin became a member of the Alpha Phi Alpha team, Texas A&M. You know, and the point is, I mean, if, when I say I could go on and on, especially with this lawyer now on this Tyree Nichols case, Aretha Franklin, she's Delta Sigma Theta. Some of these we probably already know. It's not that you don't know. I'm not telling you, do you know, do you not know? I know that already. Uh, I didn't say that. What I'm simply saying is, excuse my tone, is that the coincidence of it all, because the coincidence of it all, and something like this you could say, because you could say this because it sounds innocent, like, oh, I went to college, and when I went to college, I was a part of an organization that sounds healthy and smart and whatever, as far as what our mission statement says to be, <laughs> wink, wink, on the website. It looks good. You know, it's the same way when a presidential candidate says, I fought in the war. I was this. No, dang well that you probably was a legacy because, like I said, all presidents are related. You probably was not never near the front lines of crying out loud. Probably was more or less like lieutenant sergeant or sat under one just like inspect. I mean, sure, you had to get you had to get roughed up a, a little bit, but you wasn't going through the trenches like, say, the regular commoner American civilians, like non-legacy children were, okay, in the strong survive battle. Let's keep going. Ryan Howard was initiated into, baseball player Ryan Howard was initiated into Phi Beta Sigma at Southwest Missouri State. Former 106 and Park host AJ Calloway is a member of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity. There's a lot of brothers in that Omega Sci-Fi. There's a lot of them, period. If you, you know, like I said, like I said, you got to go back to the origins of everything. Even even Genesis is called the beginning. There is a beginning to everything. It, how are you going to figure it out? I don't care if it's a homicide or anything. They got to build up a profile, even the FBI. We got to figure out who was it. We don't we forget who did it. We need to figure out who this victim was. What was their life like? What was they into? Who could have known? What would they like? Who could have hated this person? Then think about the criminal, who, who they don't know yet. They had to identify the criminal down to as best as they can, this unknown person X. What their mental profile might be to them, this down to the third. Come on, man. I'm going to keep on going, though, because I don't want to creep nobody out. <laughs> and I want to just get this done. I won't hold nobody too long. Um, soap opera actress Victoria Rowell is a member of Sigma Gamma Rho. Um, I could go on and on, honestly. I know. I think things. Oh, D.L. Hughley. D.L. Hughley is Omega Sci-Fi as well. 
Oh, yeah. Lena Horn was a member of Delta Sigma Theta, which I knew as well. Jesse Jackson, Omega. I'm so tired of hearing about them. All oh, those men in that fraternity, especially when they get them on top. Felicia Rashad. Felicia Rashad is a member of Alpha Chapter um, Alpha, the Alpha Chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha, and also Bill Cosby is Omega Sci Fi, and he got, he got and got caught up in them sexual assault charges. But the people believe it, or, I mean that it happened or not. I'm just simply saying. Terrence J. Howard is a member of Omega Sci Fi. Shaquille O'Neal is a member of Omega Sci Fi. All these people have a strong, prominent influence in our community. You cannot say that they do not. And what 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 they do is um, put them in every place from politics to like this Black Lives Matters things with Crump and you have um, I think Stephen A. Smith even in the sports world he's Omega Sci-Fi. You know they put them in places where they can infiltrate and influence. It's the same. Influence is a big deal. I don't have to say I'm an influencer. They don't have to go up and say, I'm an influencer. I'm a... You see these YouTubers, I'm an influencer. I'm a YouTube influencer. I'm a content creator. I'm an influencer. They don't have to say I'm an influencer. They know what they're doing. They've been doing this for a while. This is how they get paid. This is how they get to do a check. If it's that easy for a content creator to just get on, <laughs> fool the masses for filthy lucre's sake, and I, like I said, these people trust you. These people look up to you. They probably shouldn't. I'm not saying it, but you sell it so good. And the better you sell it, the better rewards you get because you get more like, more views, and more incentive to keep being the fraud that you are, to keep selling this thing. This is why when the COVID vaccine was coming around, they really wanted to get influencers involved. I would say influencers are a secret society. I didn't say that. But I'm simply saying, like, it's, it's not that hard. Like, if you think about it on the bottomless level that is happening, why could it not be just getting more grander? You know, that's, that's, that's the stuff that bothers me. I feel like people who can't see these kind of things or think that it's plausible is the same. It bothers me because it makes me feel like, how do you see your world and how do you see your reality? It's not a lot of people fault the way they see their world. They could have been abused, traumatized, knowing it unknowingly to say this is wrong and this is and somebody be like no 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 it's okay you're misunderstanding it and blah 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 to the point that they've been pacified you see some people have learned to be pacified so that even in adulthood they can't even help their own friends in a crisis with a real problem because they're saying i don't know maybe they maybe they're just taking it the wrong way i don't know that they were really mad they're just and they're just basically saying i'm in the household where they're yelling all the time well you know sometimes parents just get like that and Maybe that person isn't that they don't care about you, your friend that's saying that to you when you need them in that moment, so much as they were probably used to just hearing that over and over and get from somebody in their household or the way they was being raised that now they're in a mindset of just seeing the world a certain way. We know uh, mind control is real. It doesn't have to be intentional, but conditioning is a real thing. And a lot of people don't want to see things for what they are because it's kind of safer. Like I said, ignorance is bliss to keep things the way they are. So it just says, uh, Nikki Giovanni, the poet, is well known that they, we know they, they're there. Whoopi is somebody. Tony Morrison is Alpha Kappa Alpha. Some people are honorary, which means after, but something's going on here, you know. And it's, and, and, and not only are they there in fraternities, they've made it. These are the people that probably want to go into art and they wanted to go into media and want to go into communication and film. These are the people that actually probably, like, literally rubbed the right elbows 
whatever that means, unethically. Remember, in these kind of games, you, you, you jump through hurdles. You, you have to. They love to jump. Not only are they jump through hurdles, there's a, there's a thing in the, of the, in the abuse of initiation that becomes, I wouldn't say addictive, but almost becomes like competitive and sport-like. Like, like, com- like, you know, uh, competition. So it's like they want to. And there is something about that that was instilled from them, from even if they were in a fraternity or not, or even just coming in through the doors and non-fraternity just being like, I just want to get my mom a house. Like I said, there's something instilled them from the beginning that's just like, I had to do this to get here, I had to do this to get here. You know, I'm, I maybe I'm already just gone and numb to it all. Let me just keep going. I'm not going to keep going on with this list. We already know this. this uh, Thurgood Marshall was a member of Alpha Psi Alpha. Okay, that's why this is what I was saying about at the time. You see how Thurgood Marshall is a prominent name in the African-American community as Black History Month, but you also have to understand that Thurgood Marshall was among those people that would have been in the boule who was one of the few that was allowed to have educations like that and only because of, I want to say his background, but the people that he knew kind of thing. So in essence, while we how why they put him and glorify him there, these are house negroes. I, I wish I said that even from the beginning. They, they're house negroes. They're here to pacify you, to make you just calm down and not see things what you're going to see. They're never going to sell you into Israel. They'll sell you Kemet. They'll sell you Egypt. They'll sell you anything they have to sell you. They'll sell you just financial this. or They'll say whatever they have to sell you, ratchet crap. Excuse my language, especially in the African-American community. Whatever they want to sell you. Look at Kim Jane's Omega Sci-Fi. And all of a sudden this year, during the anniversary of their thing, Shortly after uh, tra- uh, the tr- Tyree Nichols things were three out of five Omega side. Come on, it's those things that's coming a coincidence. It was a part of it. And then you have Ricky Small Omega side sacrificing his son. I said what I said. On top of that, you have uh, what I just said here with the situation recently with him. Come on now, bring it all together. That cannot be a coincidence. It can't be a coincidence. Travis. Travis Smiley joined Kappa Alpha Psi. Loretta Divine. Alpha Kappa. Loretta Divine is everybody mother. <laughs> you don't know you don't know the inference. And I'm not saying it's a bad inference that she had, but Loretta Divine, you see you see the people where they put them? Especially if you have the crap and you don't what you're supposed to be, you're putting in your work and whatever. I didn't say anything happy. Look at Beyonce. Look how she's celebrating. Jay Z over there complaining about she should have been and and you know I do believe it's a business transaction. I like I said, it's too many people. I said it. They're not working together. They're not even working together. They just been there or no event around. It's like it's, it's like it's if you went to school somebody or high school with somebody. You dated them. You used to hang out with them and you saw stuff or heard stuff. Why is that so impossible? And they just didn't sign non disclosure agreements so they could say things in code. I mean, at first, I'm be honest with you. At first, on the outside looking in, you gotta be able to know how to read things. First of all, the galleries was the whole satanic ritual ceremony. If you don't know or you know, look up or do your research, I don't know that I'm ever gonna do an episode on that, but you should know that most all uh, award ceremonies are satanic rituals. The way people certain certain people dressed up, the certain ceremonies that went down. I stopped watching those things a very long time ago. It doesn't mean to me anything to me anymore. Who won? Or what they won. I know it makes your stock go up and all that, but I don't care. But Jay-Z pretty much was upset. It came off looking like a husband that was super supportive of his, of his wife who wanted her 
to win when he felt that she should have win. They're so greedy, you know. Um, but at the same time, if you know what you know, knowing that it was a business transaction and it is what it is, I didn't say that they don't have some kind of mutual uh benefit. I don't know, some kind of res- you have to have. Maybe if she's not completely slaved out with the drugs and stuff, some kind of rapport or Stockholm. If nothing else, she got Stockholm. But he, she is a meal ticket and a paycheck. And a, he had to a billion with her money too because they were married. So you got to remember the joint tax returns or whatever. That was her money as well when he got the billion status. It's the same way when Kanye was at certain money. It was, it was because of certain deals. Once you take that away, you don't have it anymore. It's not just because of what you did. Sometimes it's a, it's a combination of everything altogether. But I feel like he felt like, no, we were supposed to get that 33rd Grammy because um, my money. <laughs> like, my money good. I got this 24 million. Child, please. You know, I want, but pimping out. I, no disrespect, but, you know, just, and it just, and maybe at some point, you know, it's something like you make me great, but it's, it's I don't know that it's all about. You know, I listen, we're going to move on from that, too. I think really that's what I wanted to say to you guys. I'm going to come back and talk to you about um, a few things another time. But, yeah, you know, you yeah, think about Stephen A. Smith in the sports industry. You have Oprah. She's also a boule. Look how much influence she has. You know, it's hard to find um, a black celebrity that really hasn't sold us out. I remember when Lil Ring was saying that he didn't even know BLM was... And the lady thought she was joking. He was like, no, but I'm dead serious. I don't know what it is. Explain it to me. He was trying to be respectful. And then she said it to him, but she was just rather shocked that, you know, you somebody was coming out here, you know, putting all this music. The same thing with Jay-Z. And Jay-Z was putting out his music. By the time he was putting out all this, while he was putting out music, he was doing what he did. But after a while, Jay-Z had the type of music that could apply to the drug deal industry all the way down to the businessman up at the board mill, boardroom sitting at the business table. He had that kind of... Now, how do you use it? You see, how do you use what Jay-Z is saying? Are you going to use it to fuel you at the business meeting over here and, and say, well, you know what, I, I'm, 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 cooking, I'm cooking roll with the Brooklyn boy, but over here at this business table doing this because we know now we're entrepreneurs, but this is where we came from, Marcy Projects. Are, are you listening to this? And you're just inspired to be like, this is why I should sell more dresses. But you, you, I'm trying to say that there's a culture that's being built. Even Beyonce, she came out before Jay-Z and this culture talking about independent. Oh, my women who independent. Come on. I, we was all for that. You was a bugaboo. Get off my phone. You know, it's almost like TLC. Whether they have any or not. You know, they were talking about scrub. Might have been a little subtle to some of the guys, but there was a standard by, back then. You got to understand there's a new age movement now, and they're not trying to sell these girls to. This is why their depression is very high in teens. This is why depression is very high in... Um, adolescents adults because they cannot seem to cope with things and they're going to drugs and they're going to alcohol to try to cope with things on top of the things that they're going to on top of in their households and the sad thing about this fentanyl craze is going on now i've been wanting to say this for a while is that um a lot of these drugs on the streets are not real anymore a lot of them are mixed in i'm not mean marijuana. I never considered it a drug anyways like a pick up plant. I know that things can happen to it if somebody laces it, but for the most part I'm talking about like pills. I this is what I know even from studies. They didn't say that it was in marijuana. Pills, um anything that you may snort, inject. You might be thinking you're getting one thing, a perk, 
things that I don't really have any knowledge of and I don't judge because I know that addiction is a real thing. It's a disease, you know what I'm saying? It's not something that people want to do. It's something that people want to get out of if they could. But it's like a, it's a, it's a demon, you know what I'm saying, that takes over them. So I do not judge. I'm simply saying and raising awareness is that it's not pure, okay? And it's not fair to be losing people to these things. And so suddenly... It's bad when between fentanyl and some other thing. I can't remember what the drug is, but it, they said it's a, it's practically like a horse tranquilizer effect. And you stick it into your arm, I believe. And they said that these drugs put you in such a disabled state that when you're in it, in full swing of it, that if you're positioned wrong, even laying down, like if you're rolled over and you're you blocked your nose or your airway or your mouth from breathing like even just rolling into the pillow or somebody put a sheet over you but maybe like it's getting to be too much and your breathing's getting shallow and your breathing is blocked that you could full-on just die from simply not having the strength or the cognitive mind conscious to roll yourself over and just be like let me roll over this way very similar not similar, but it reminds me of, like, the scary thing of, like, somebody being super drunk and you lay them on their back. Never lay them on their back. Always on the side or something, right? Because, like, God forbid, like, they throw up and they're, they're too disabilitated. They, they just can't get up to, oh, shoot, I'm throwing up. Like, they're just, they're going to just gargle in it and drown. And that's a real thing, you know? So it's just like, ugh, I don't know. So that's what I just wanted to say about that. And then back to, um... It's just not real drugs anymore out there. It's not It's not fair. I know people want to escape. People want to get out. I can't tell people, anybody what to do. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what, you know, I don't know. I Obviously, to tell you other than to go to the most I got, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which sounds like to people a lot of cliche. A lot of people got to get to where they're, people got to go through their paths in life. That's the other thing is too. I didn't have my roads. I wasn't always, I don't care what people hear and, and when they talk and um, or when I'm talking, I should say, excuse me, I'm tired. When people hear me talking, I don't care what people think they hear when they're listening to me. Because I'm not picture perfect, and I didn't have my stumbles and flaws as well. I told you I've been on this journey since 2009. It's 2023. One thing about me, I, I, I don't give up. I don't care if I stumble or just, like, get lackadaisical. One thing since 2009 to now, no matter what happens in my life, whether... I'm reading, I fell back, or reading, or podcasting, or whatever the situation is, or teaching. Like, God is in my heart every single day. There is not one day. And I felt like that was the, one of the most amazing changes for me. There's not one single day in my life where I don't think about God since 2009. I never had that before that. I was born in 1984, I want to say. You know, 84, 94. It's... Yeah, like... All right, family. Lastly, lastly, I want to um, close out on an article that I found. Maybe to just help bring home some credibility with some words with some people that actually spoken to, I guess you could say. So this was the New York Times, and they did an article in March 7th of 1999 this is an article by a man by monty williams entitled is there a black upper class 
Should have read this earlier, but I wanted to save the best for last. <laughs> now, it says here that there is, but I want to go back to specifically what I wanted to say. It says, Mr. Graham. Okay, it says the sheer, the sheer unfamiliarity and opulence of much of this terrain raises the questions. Are these groups gatekeepers to making it as a black professional or politician? We're talking about the black belay or the upper uh, elite class, as they said. They said, do they play a heretofore overlooked but vital role in how blacks advance socially and professionally? Do they constitute an old boy and old girl network? For African Americans, basically modeled after what is going on. So look here, right? I be trying as much as I can, as ways as I can to break it down. Many ways I can to break it down. So I break it down like this: the same way we be like we are minor, any minority in America, any minority, minority feel like they're oppressed, even though they're majority in number. But the mindset is that they are minority or inferior to white supremacy. Okay, I'm not saying this because this, this is a fact. This is what it is, okay, of, of who runs not only America, but the world as far as big brother. But then what they're saying is in your own African-American community, and this is just us studying the African-American community as far as the black bull Ain't no telling what the Asian community has their own. Every, every culture has their own. But in the African-American community here in America, you have the black bull who literally is what they are, black black privilege. You're worried about white privilege. It's such a thing as black privilege. And the black privilege that you see is invisible because it doesn't look like black privilege. It doesn't look like black privilege because the narrative of America does not sell black privilege. Where is the narrative of America selling black privilege? It does not. It sells white privilege. Big difference. So to know that there's black privilege, I guess would encourage the ones underneath. They're not going to do that. And but so many people in the boule, especially the ones that they put in the forefront, the same way on the white side. They're not just going to put any old person on the front screen to tell the news, any old person to say this or that, especially uncontrolled or not being some kind of dedicated super slave, minion, vody, whatever, um, member of whatever organization. Overly and superly. What did I say again? Ambitious to get to the top. Literally meaning step on anybody's neck. Kill a child. I don't care. So, uh, listen to me. Look at Fear Factor. I don't understand what y'all... What high picture I got to paint you for? Fear Factor for $50,000. What even but $25,000? A lot of people go run through that. $25,000 is not life-changing money unless you're just doing something like saving on a down payment on a house. No, it's not life-changing. See? Don't be trying to ruin your life, trying to kill nobody. You robbed the wife of $25,000. It's going to be going in a flash. You're either going to save it, you're going to put it down on something and invest it, or you're going to pay it. It's going to go quick, especially if you live in New York City. Okay, especially, yeah, I have other income. I know how to say it, it, And most people is running through that. What did they do for that little $25,000? Cow testicle. They're going to do this. They're going to let ungodly creature crawl on them at night over this. They're going to try to play Houdini. They want to get in a tank and try to get chained in and try to figure out if they can make it out on time before the time go. They got whole children in the house. What are you, talk- what are you talking about? If the price is right for Squid Game. Squid Game ain't tell you if the price is right. Come on, man. 
And Square getting a picture of a picture about money. Forget money, but it's like how to control things, especially if I'm overly ambitious and want to do something and get it done. What I'm willing to do, even if my family don't, even if my family don't know, that culture was more or less if, if, for my family don't even know because they did not ever want to shame their family. Forget one person or two people in the group don't want to shame their family and they're gamblers. That was a culture of you don't want to shame your family. Shaming your family is not only a disgrace to your family, but at times in certain cultures, it could even get you killed. Yeah, it could get you B-O-D-I-E-D. Is that spelled right? B-O-D-I-E, whatever. Body. All right, and in that note, y'all, I think that's it. Oh, no, I want to read some more. All right, y'all, I had an impromptu break. But I'm going to be ending the podcast episode for now. But I will be coming back on, I want to say later on tonight, to do a part two. To at least conclude this article. Because it's important. It's very important. The devil's busy right now. (laughs) And also to maybe add more to it. Um, I did want to at least specifically finish this article. So if it's not tonight... It will be another night. If it's another night, it's only because I'll be adding more to it. Because I still feel like I'm just building it up. But a lot of people just don't even understand that they exist. And these things exist. And I I just want to ex- help everybody to ex- exercise the brain to stretch it out more and expand it. You know, it's so tight and it's so narrow. And we don't necessarily feed it all the time. And the things that we do feed it and the spirit is not necessarily the best things. So, you know, thinking outside the box, thinking big is not a bad thing. Thinking period is not a bad thing. Thought-provoking things are not a bad thing, you know. And then, of course, at the end of the day, it's up for you to decide. Even though I'm pretty sure you all understand the tone of what I'm saying and the gist of what I'm saying and where I stand. But I'm still never going to be the person that's going to tell you that this is what you have to believe. I try to just bring it all to the table to expand my thoughts and just come to what I feel is our Bible study or at least our truth talk or discussion table where we meet, okay? And on that note, you guys, like I said, I love you. Thank you all for supporting me. Those of you who have been supporting, if you're a new listener, welcome, welcome, welcome. I don't say that enough because I feel like when I come on here, I'm just more or less trying to get on, more or less not trying to talk so much, (laughs) more or less trying to just get the topic out. And then I get off and I just be like, gosh, I forget. But I do make sure that I tell you guys at the end of every episode that I love you. That I do do. And I'm so thankful for I will never, ever, ever, as far as I'm concerned, as I know, it's very natural to just simply tell you guys that I love you. That I want the best for you. That I want you to keep uh, believing, reading, share with me anything. I'm very approachable. Uh, let me know how I'm doing. You, do, you know, feel free to pretty much reach out. And on that note, for real, for real, I'm going to love you all and see you all soon.